Go ahead. Jesus took bread and blessed, and he broke it. He broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, "Take, eat. This is my body." And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said, "This is my blood of the new testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say to you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it and drink it." <coughs> in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And, uh, yeah, Lord, I, I just pray that you would drink new things with us, Lord, uh, today. And, um, that as we, as we drink, you know, the, the wine and the take of the bread, Lord, that not, al not only would we remember you, Lord, but, but we would be with you over the ages, just partaking new with you, Lord, that you would, you would be partaking with new people that love you and um, that are so thankful for you and that you would be blessed, Lord, with yes. us as we eat and drink this in remembrance of you, that that it be it be new for you too, Lord. Um, I hope that makes sense, <laughs> Jesus. But uh, we love you and we thank you and yes. thank you for giving us things to remember you by. That's not like whipping ourselves and stuff. It's actually actually taking something to eat and drink and and to sit and eat with you um, in remembrance. So thank you, Lord. Um, so, so many times in the New Testament, we read things and we don't understand them because we don't realize that there's a basis for, for what is happening in the Old Testament. And we, we always take communion and it's generally speaking in most of our churches, it's just this quick thing, you know, Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, you know, and stuff, and we just... Take, eat the eat the bread, drink the juice, and things like that. And <coughs> it has no significance for us, and we don't really realize what's happening. And uh, so, I've wanted to do a teaching on this because communion is something that I think that we as believers should really understand. And I don't think that it's something that I think that we should really. Um, um, under, we should know what it is and we should understand it in its significance because this was something that was very significant to Jesus. He did this on his very last night with his disciples and he knew it was his last time with them. And he said, I've been longing to do this with you. And so it was something that he did right before he was, was going to go to the cross and he wanted them to understand it. And I think that we in the church just like so many other things, it becomes tradition, it becomes rote, and we lose the meaning of it, and we lose the the realness of it, and we lose the preciousness of it. And so I just wanted to go back in Genesis chapter 12, because Genesis chapter 12 is the heart of communion. 
it's the beginning it's the foundation of communion and if we if we don't understand genesis chapter 12 or i'm sorry exodus chapter 12 we don't really understand what communion is about and in exodus 12 verse 1 it says now the lord said to moses and aaron in the land of egypt this month will be the beginning of months for you it is to be the first month of the year to you so this is the very first passover this is where God has done all those miracles to bring them out of Egypt. And for God to get them out of Egypt, it wasn't a simple thing. I don't know if you remember when you became a Christian, but for me, for God to get my attention, for me to finally submit to him and say, God, I will submit to you. I'm tired of fighting against you. I will bend my will to your will. It took a lot. Um, it, you know, there... I, I loved my life. I loved living the life that I was, well, it was a love-hate relationship <laughs> because there was a part of, I hated it, honestly. I, I was sick of it. I was sick of taking drugs. I was sick of getting drunk. I was sick of chasing sex, whatever, and stuff. But I wasn't ready to concede to God. And the thing is, is, you know, God kept bringing all these unrelated people into my life to share Jesus with me and things. And, and I kept resisting it and I kept fighting against it. So in the same way, it happens, I think, in most of our lives. God brings us through this process and he's trying to get our attention and he's trying to fight against these things, just like with, the, with Pharaoh. And God, when God was leading the children out of Israel, it took a lot. Right. I mean, and Satan is not just going to let any of us go. Satan's not going to go, well, I didn't like this person anyway. You can have him. <laughs> Satan fights for each one of us tooth and nail. And that's why every time you see someone starting to get interested in the things of God, immediately something comes against their lives and stuff. And so. So, again, this is God bringing them out of Egypt. This is their first Passover. In verse 3, he says, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's households. A lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. Now we all know that the Lamb is Jesus, right? He's the Lamb that Lamb that, of God that takes away the sins of the world. He says, um, Look at this in verse 8. He says, They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but ra rather roasted with fire, both its head, listen to this, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, and whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. So, I don't know about you, but for a long time, I'm like, what does that mean to eat all of it? I mean, that means to eat the brains. That means the the eyeballs. That means to eat all the gross stuff, right? To eat, you know, the, the things that, you know, I mean, mercifully, he let them take out the entrails and things. 
But but what did it mean? What was God trying to go get at? And we know that everything in the Old Testament were things that happened to them physical, but they are spiritual realities for us in the New Testament, right? And so it does have some application to us. And so we ask ourselves, God, what were you talking about when you said they have to eat all of this? So in John chapter 6, verse 26, um, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, because you ate. This is when Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? He says, you seek me not because uh, you saw signs, because you ate, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father God has set his seal." Therefore they said to him, What shall we do so that we may do the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign so that, you, so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Now this is just ridiculous. Because Jesus has already done, he fed 5,000 people. Out of five loaves and, and fishes, he's, he's healed people, he's, he's cast out demons, and they're like, what sign are you going to show us that we're supposed to believe in you? <laughs> he says, um, and in verse 31, Jesus says, to, or they say to Jesus, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. So Jesus is trying to show them. He's trying to open their eyes. He's trying to tell them, I'm that bread. If you come to me, you will find this life that you're seeking. And that's what we're talking about. All this thing, we're not talking about what you do, what you don't do, what, what your profession is, what your not profession is, where, you know, how do I share Jesus? How do I do this? Feed on him. Just come to him. Come to his presence. Just like you were talking about how, like, Jesus, we talked about, like, all these, all these multitudes of people are pressing in on Jesus. A lot of times he would go away from the multitudes. And he would go just to be alone with his father. And that's the complete opposite of what we do in the church. Oh, hey, I'm getting some followers. I'm getting people that like what I'm doing and stuff. And they're, they're thinking that I'm all this hot stuff now. I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Instead of that, Jesus goes away from me <laughs> to spend time because he had to get energized by his father. And in the same way, what we're doing when we're touching the world, when we're showing Jesus to the world, it's not that we're, you know, it's my mission to go out and preach to 15 people today. Or it's, you know, it's just like the woman at the well. You know, all the disciples, they're going into town to buy food. They're dun -da 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 -da, walking with Jesus. You know, we're going to Caper or Samaria and, and, and things like that. They completely didn't understand what he's doing. And Jesus just sits there at the well and he just waits for this woman. And what he says to that woman changes her life and it changes the lives of everyone around her because she goes and she can't keep her mouth shut. She has to go and tell everybody about this man that just told me everything about myself. 
And so that's the thing. A lot of times we get we get in these religious mindsets that well, I've got to preach and I've got to preach and I got to share Jesus and I got to witness and I got to do all these things. When Jesus says, "What about this one person right here?" And we miss that a lot of times because we're trying to do religious things and because this is what God expects of me rather than just resting in him and coming to him and feeding off of him. He says in verse 31, he says, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am. I am the bread of life. He, and again, they're expecting this religious stuff, right? And honestly, we're a lot the same, right? We, 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 we're expecting God just to do these huge <laughs> and stuff. And sometimes he says, just be still and know that I am God. Come away from the noise. Come away from the sounds. Come away from the winds and the rocks and all this noise. And just come into my presence and hear my voice. He says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. In verse 41, it says, Therefore the Jews were grumbling about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. They were saying, Is not this Joseph, the son, or is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down out of heaven? And Jesus answered and said to them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Um. He says in verse 47, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the, my li which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, as soon as Jesus said, The, the bread that I, uh, that I give for the life of the world is my flesh, immediately, these are Jews who go to synagogue every week. They've heard about the Exodus. They've heard, they, they celebrate Passover every year. They eat all of the lamb. When Jesus is talking about uh, my flesh is given for the life of the world, they should have immediately have understood what he was saying. But they missed it because their hearts were hard. He says, uh, again, the Jews begin to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. 
And so the Jews are getting furious right now. And I think a lot of times we, we hear teaching on this in church and, and it's like, oh, they, they were thinking that he's saying that he, they need to eat his, literally eat his flesh. They knew that he wasn't talking about that, right? Because now, now they're making that connection. He's talking about the Passover lamb. But who is this man? Who is this human being that he's going to take away the sins of the world? That his flesh can bring healing, right? He says, as the living father sent me, I live because of the father. So also he who eats me will also live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. So these things he said in the synagogues as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, not just the Jews, not just the, uh, you know, the outliers and stuff, but many of his disciples, his followers, the ones who said, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. Says many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who, who do not believe. And so in verse 66, it says, As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so, when we take communion, we have to realize this is the correlation. This goes back to the Passover lamb and this goes back to Jesus himself. When he says, you have to take all of me. And that's why, we, that's why we say Christianity is, Jesus told us, if you're going to be my disciple, you will be persecuted. You will be hated on account of my name. And that's why it's, it's hard for us to understand. And that's why a lot of times communion is, is meaningless to us. It's just taking a wafer and drinking some juice. Because we don't realize that what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I will take whatever you give me the good as well as the bad. And there are good things. God blesses us and we have his presence and we have his joy in the midst of trials and things like that. But we also have times when it's not good. We have times when there is suffering. I mean, again, we, we've said it so many times. There are people in other countries right now who are dying because of their faith in Jesus. And they're given a choice. You follow Jesus or you die. And so when we come to Jesus again, we, we die. We die to ourselves, to our desires, and we're like, Lord, whatever you want to do with me. If you want to send me to Zimbabwe or someplace in North Africa where, where Christians are killed literally every day. Lord, if that's what you want. And again, the problem is, is so many of the churches that we go to is God wants to give you your best life. And he just wants to bless you and make you happy and healthy and wealthy and give you cars and houses and all this stuff. And it's not. 
biblical. It's not Jesus. Because if we're going to follow him, it is the way of discipline. It is the way of laying down our lives. It is the way of the cross. And it's, it's so easy for us to talk about the cross. But it's hard for us to die. Right? And so communion, when Jesus says, this is my body and this is my blood given for you, shed for you. I'm laying, he's, ta he's talking to his disciples and he's saying, I am laying. And they, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And he's like, look, I'm telling you, I'm fixing to die. They're fixing to nail me to a cross and all you can be concerned about is who's going who's gonna to be in charge when I'm gone. It is. You know? And that's part, the, the, the thing is, it talks about when Jesus w went out from there, he was grieved. And, you, and, I, and I, I think that he was not only, you know, part of it is he's knowing that he's going to the cross and that's a, that's a heavy, heavy thing to bear. But, you know, he's also grieved. I've been with these guys for three years and they still haven't learned. Yeah, it's amazing he gave them an out too. He's like, are you going to leave too? Yeah. Like he didn't try to... He didn't try to hold them, like, keep them clear, yeah. you know? Like, he just, he gave them an opportunity, you know, yeah. like, the, the door's there if you want to, if you choose to. Like, he didn't, that's yeah. just amazing to me. <laughs> and that's, and that's the beauty of free will, you mm -hmm. know? And that's the thing that's, that's awesome about Jesus is Jesus never lies to us. He, he, he's not like, you know, if you follow me, you're going to be blessed. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. You're never going to have problems. He says you're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. And you will have trials. You will have tribulations. And um, just looking at the way our country's going, <laughs> you know, who knows how it's going to get. But again, we need to settle it now. Are we going to... Are we going to follow him no matter what, no matter how hard it gets. And not only that, but to do it joyfully, right? Because we all, like, we get in these situations where we're following God and we're like, Lord, I'm doing this for you. And, you know, and it's, and it's like, yeah. Instead of, Lord, you know, learning to worship him in every circumstance and in every trial. And, I mean, Paul is to be our example. So when we take communion, I like that Ruth made this unleavened bread because um, in some ways, even when they took the Passover, they would take bitter herbs with it mm -hmm. because it was to remember the tears and the things that they came from and the things that the Lord led them out of. Because again, so many times, we all, every single one of us have been sustained by God, have been led out of things by God, have been strengthened by God, have been rescued by God in many situations. But then we come to a new trial and we're like, God, where are you? Yes. Why aren't you there for me? And God's like, I've been for you there through all these things. And that's what's the problem with the people of Israel. They never learned. They kept going in circles and God brought them out of Egypt because he wanted to bring them into Israel. 
But that generation was never able to enter because they would not learn the lesson. God is for me. He's not against me. He sent manna down. And that manna was, again, the representation of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I just want to take this, and I want to eat it, and I want to remember him. And Jesus, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, when you do this, examine yourself. And part of that is is looking at ourselves and saying, Lord, am I, you know, we think of it like, oh, I've got this sin that I'm dealing with. I need to deal with that. And it does include that. But also it includes examining ourselves and say, Lord, am I willing to eat all of you, mm-hmm. the good and the bad? Am I willing to partake of whatever you bring me through? And God has been merciful to us, Right. Because honestly, because a lot of us, we can't handle it. We're stumbling over anthills in Eden. And we're talking about going through tribulation. Right? I'm I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody. But when we take communion, we, we, we ask ourselves, God, am I willing to go through whatever you want to take me through? And if I'm not, God, make me willing. So let's take the bread and let's ask, Lord Jesus, make us the people that you envisioned for us to be when you saved us, Lord. You brought us out to bring us in. So I pray, Lord, that you would mature us, that you would bring us through the process, that we would stop kicking, we would stop crying, we'd stop whining, we'd stop fighting against you. But, Lord, we would start rejoicing in all of our trials, in all of our situations, Lord God. So, Lord God, we take this bread and we remember your suffering and dying for us. always liked the idea of taking when we take communion of using wine because Jesus drank wine and there's something about wine that like he talked about that you don't put new wine into old wine skins otherwise they'll burst right so there's a thing about wine, and the wine over and over through the, through the Bible was symbolic of the Holy Spirit because, because of the fact that it is fermented, because of the fact that there is something alive, alive something, something powerful to it, something that's beyond just like grape juice or, or what have you and stuff. And I like, honestly, the, the idea of the common cup. Because, again, Jesus used a common cup. And a lot of people were like, I don't want to do that because there's germs in that. So for those people, we have these individual cups. If you want to do that, there's no judgment. We won't judge you or anything like that. But it's the, it is the fact of that I'm sharing germs with this person. It is the fact that what this person has, I could get also. Do you know what I'm saying? Not only in a negative way, but also in a positive way. And that's the, the thing about that is, is, is that communion is, is life-sharing, mm-hmm. right? Communion is whatever your burdens are become my burdens are, my burdens. Whatever my joys are become your joys. 
and we are sharing and we are doing life together with each other. So it's not just this this ceremonial thing that we do. And that's the beauty, in my opinion, of a common cup is that it's like we are sharing together. And we're not just these individuals with our individual little cups doing our individual thing. It's like we are brothers and sisters. We are united in Christ. And it's the blood of Jesus that unites us all. Because without the blood of Jesus, this is all a joke, right? Without the blood of Jesus, there is no church. There is no to any of this. And so... Lord, we take your blood, the blood that you shed for us, the blood that you died to give us, Lord, to wash us and to cleanse us from our impurities, from our sins, from our filth. But Lord, it wasn't just to cleanse us, it was to draw us to yourself and to draw us to each other, Lord God. And we thank you. so the beauty of it is, is that we're all different. We all have likes, dislikes. We all have things that we hold to doctrinally that are different from what other people hold to. But Jesus died for us. And we have that in common. Amen. Amen. Amen.